Okay. Okay. It's a. It's a. It's a sure. Oh yes, yes. Shores are beautiful things, man. Uh, fucking I'm on cost a, me an arm and a leg, but I love it. I love it. It's my. Uh, it's my favorite mic I've ever owned. Yeah, shores are amazing. I have a few, man. I have a. I know you know we're we're getting to learn a little bit about each other because we've we've only been you know live a few times with each other, but. I have a, my family has a little background in music and my uncle gave me a bunch of mics and, Word? uh, they were, there were a bunch of shore mics in there and I was like, Oh, snap. Yeah. yeah shores of shit. I learned a lot about them from that, especially for <laughs> instruments. Like if you're capturing oh, yeah. no, brass no, no, no. or they, they got a, they got a mic for everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Th yeah. This <laughs> one's for broadcast. The one, that, the one that I've got here, this is the broadcast. Mic is that, let me ask you, got... let me ask you a question. Is that the Joe Rogan mic? The SM7B, bro. <laughs> you know, you see Joe Rogan, he's always oh, talking. He's got it. it. He's got yeah, it. This is it. Yeah. It's his SM7B. Everybody that does like real, like quality, you want, you know, that's what you buy. Yeah, for sure. Although there are yeah. a ton of companies out there that make just good microphones in general. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's a great mic because it's very forgiving in a room environment. That's the difference. Because if you're, you know, let's say you and I go, oh, let's record on like a $10,000 Neumann microphone, you know? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a different but if story. We, if we ain't got the acoustics in the right, room, it's worthless. Right, right, right. It's pointless. It's like, what's the point in this? We wasted our money. I'm on a, uh, this is an Audio Technica. I don't okay. remember the model, but I bought this in probably late 90s, 98, 99. And it cost me like $500. So it That's was- all you it was the jam at that time, and then I have an AKG. P oh yeah, I got some AKGs too. P one twenty over here floating around. Where's my Where's my AK? Hold on. Where's my AKG? Hold on. I love AKGs, man. Uh, here, I got. I want these too. Um, let me see if I can bring it over here. You can see it. Can you see that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very similar to mine. Is that a one twenty? Uh, um, I think it's a one twenty, but this is the uh, yes. Perception series. Yes, yes, I have the I, 120 I, I, perception those series. are great mics, uh, bro. This one right here, she's old, but bro, like if I if I get if I put it, you know, like the last time I took it somewhere, I went to this uh, holy fuck, I'm getting stuck on everything. Um, I went to where the fuck did I go, man? It was uh, I think it was a, a guitar center or whatever, and I was like, hey, man, can I just test my mic? I want to, you know, get a gauge for like how it's going to sound if I'm in a pretty decent room thinking about buying yeah. the you know the padding and all this shit and he goes oh yeah dude come here and he you know he's like here man plug it in here and he puts it in this fuck one of the most expensive uh you know setups he has right of course because why not sets it all up for me and i go in there and i just we just do a couple lines recording talking shit like me and you are and bro it was it was magic oh yeah 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 they got a it good setup in there they know how to sell shit well they got a good oh yeah the motherfuckers ain't playing yeah. with you you know what i'm saying like, and it's when a I went small to go get room this, but it works yeah oh no nah, when i went to get this when i went to get this right here the guy i was like i was like you don't gotta sell me bro i, I know i want it i'm just you know and he goes okay 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 i mean do you want me to get it now and i was like <laughs> well i mean do you have one set up i just want to hear it and he goes oh yeah bro come here grabs one like one of the little uh displays Gets the mic, takes me over, puts me in the room too. Yeah. Because I had yeah. my mic, obviously. I had my AKG. I was like, yeah, this is a dope yeah. mic. Bro. You wanted you know to do an I mean? A B test. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like I already had it there and I heard what it sounded like. It sounded fucking great. But when I played with this one, I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. It's that top capsule coming down. You know, there's a lot of good it's it's a great mic. Got, great mic. Yeah, this um, you know what kills me? It's like you can put this any way you want. I mean, this is how I use it because this is the shitty little arm I bought from I mean, I don't know if you can even 
see yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, what this little shitty arm. I got it like the, off uh, Amazon for like I think it was like like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's like ten dollars, and I was like, "Fuck it, it's cheap, and it the 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 attachment works. It's just not perfect." You know what I saw, man? That I, I you know, the company came out with a sleeve that goes over that because you know how it has like the two. You have two bars there. So they yeah. made a sleeve that goes over it. And it gave me an idea of like, yo, we could be branding our podcast there. You could have, you know, the real Noslin or something, or you could have, you know, the name of the podcast there. And I was like, oh, cause you see that, you know, it's so yeah. depending on the show, you know, it's so on, on the screen, right? Yeah. You yeah. Know? You just, you buy the cap and that's it. It's yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. on it, bro. Like if, if somebody's looking at the cap of my, but that would mean I'd have to have the mic facing uh, somewhere in, in that vicinity, you know, to show them like, Hey, I've got right, you know. right, right. I mean, your setup's you know a little different because you have it sort of you're doing that low, you know, that lower thing. But when you see setups like this, where you have this huge thing, you know, up in the screen, it's it's a different story. Yeah, but yeah. Way, that's why I try and put. That's why <laughs> I mean, like, there's if I if if I had my choice, yeah. um, I would have it to where it's extended out like this and coming around, and then but, I'd be I'd be you know in a different frame. But based on like. The room I have in this little place of mine. Um, I see I you rocking. Uh, I see you rocking some AKG headphones over there. Am I right? Oh I, yeah, you see these? Correct. Those are classics, bro. Those are legendary. Any any AKG headphone with the gold like that? Uh, these are the these are the K two forties. Twenty. Yeah, I've got twenty twenty one edition because they uh, these just came out. Uh, I don't I don't think they've, they they brought out anything this year yet, but I have a set somewhere, man. And yeah, I, you these know. are these are these are my favorite ones. Yeah, uh, over the ear, um, very comfortable. Uh, the 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 piece up here, the actual, you know, your your headrest piece, it's got a pretty decent cushion. It's not like the other ones where they're like kind of hard. It's more of like a like a vinyl y soft piece, and then the the braces are. They're oh, great, man. it's one of the most comfortable. It's designed. You can tell that the AKG series with the gold, they're yeah. designed for long term studio use. So if you're going in to do eight hours, 10 hours recording, you know, certain headphones like the ones I'm wearing now, these things are crushing me. You know, these are CADs, CADs. I got these, you know, with a little setup or whatever. And they crush my skull by the end of like two hours. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, you know. But those AKGs, pure comfort. You could tell someone designed it. They're looser on the ears. Yeah. They like you said, that strap, the the, the way everything lays on your head, it's like the perfect long-term use set. You know, like I'm gonna be in for hours today. I need my AKGs. Yeah. Hell yeah. So <laughs> um let's do this. Let's uh let's start to uh record. No doubt. I think I think we I think we figured out pretty much that we're gonna vibe regardless. So that, that yeah, was the main thing. Yeah, I always like yeah. to talk to somebody and like figure things out. Cause I mean, I don't know, man, shows are shows, right? But it's working. <laughs> they're I'm weird. Fucking, they're weird, man. It depends on I'm who fucking, you got. I'm excited, you know? man. Fucking got, you know, Frank Hoover's in the building. <laughs> hovers, hovers. Chilling. Hovers, hovers. Hold up. Hovers. We, are we recording right now? Are we recording? <laughs> yeah. So Frankie hovers. You know, I met you through, uh, uh, through Am. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I know that's what I call him. I know it's Am I Am, but I just call him Am because you know he wears the hat and he always has just the Am on it. That's right, yeah. Because people call him Am in the streets. Yo, Am, what up, Am? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just dope, man. Um, I got one of the shirts. It's uh, if you're not tuned into the Am FM, <laughs> that's right. I bought, I bought the I bought the hoodie. I was like, I need that shit. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, he's kind of a merch god, you know. He's uh, he's known for always rolling around with some merch. It's one of the things I admired about him when he came around a lot, you know, in the uh, in the older days. They always they were they were big on their merch, you know. I think I think merch in general is like one of those staples of hip hop that a lot of people, you know, they fail to like, you know, take on. You know what I'm saying? I think they don't realize that um, that was part of the the culture itself, right? The clothing that came out of it. I mean, for me anyway, because I remember, you know, growing up, I was a, you know, teenager in the 90s. So I got to see like all the, you know, the big bands when they came out, you know what I'm saying? The Wu-Tangs, the fucking, uh, the Nazis, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. getting to see Wu-Tang uh, more than one time in my lifetime has been, bro, bucket list. Oh, I've done that. I've done that. A you know few what times. I'm saying? Yeah. Bucket list, yeah. bro, where I was like, I didn't think I was going to see this. My One of my favorite ones, though was uh smith and wesson i went to mm, mm-hmm. i went all the way out to uh soundset in minnesota uh shout out to the homie um dispute one you know what i'm saying stress the mad hatter ken c all these dope local uh minnesota artists that i hung out with man it was the fucking best bro but when we <laughs> went to the we went to the fucking tent that had smith and wesson bro me and my bo- bro i got pictures that's on my instagram somewhere but uh me and Dispute One, bro, we got as close as we possibly could and just, bro, vibed. That shit was crazy. Just listening to all the most yeah. songs, you know yeah. what I'm saying, done live because that was literally the first time I got to really see them, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, check, that one's off the bucket yeah, list. Yeah, like, yeah, that's you know, a like bucket I was list before. for sure. You know what I'm saying? You know, and the thing and, too, Noslin, is that their music is engineered for the club. You know, yeah. that, that's the thing we got to remember. They... They make their music in the studio. They bring it out to the whip. Yeah. And then the next place that it has to sound good is in the club, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I've seen, I've been fortunate to see them all live. I saw Sean Price. I saw Boot Camp. I've, what? You got to see Sean Pete? I did, man. And it was crazy because at the end of the show, he stands there with his chest out and the crowd goes crazy. He don't do nothing. And then you start hearing chants. Sean P. Sean oh, my P. God. The crowd, bro. And he stands there and he does this like, Superman pose, bro, and, and girls are going crazy. Guys are going nuts, man. It's the most amazing. It was a really amazing show, man. Fucking surreal, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, to, yeah. To see him, like, you know, do these kind of things. I still... Because, you know... It sucks, man. I never got to see him, bro. Um, mm. I definitely wanted to. Um, Unfortunately, he died before I could. You know what mm. I mean? I just... I got sad, to see man, him sad. late. You know, I got to see him late also, man. It wasn't a... This was, like, in the last, you know, maybe 10 years of his life. Wow. But... Again, bucket list, like you said. It was like, yeah. oh, I got to check this off my list? Wow, you know. And it was so, I've seen them several times, man. The whole boot camp click. I actually, yeah. you know, and not to not to brag and boast a little bit, but I, <laughs> I do a little sound engineering, right? And we're known for, you know, doing some of the bigger clubs and some of the bigger tours that come in. And I yeah. was actually fortunate enough to do sound for Buckshot when he what? came through. So he was doing. Man, that uh, must have been dope. BDI, bro. Bro, he's the shortest little dude, bro, but with the biggest soul. And he got a lot of love, man. You know, like he's just very grateful to be a part of hip hop, you know? Yeah. And he was so excited. And he had like a, at the time, the radio station was called 102 Jams. So he had a 102 Jam shirt on. And I had the Realm Z shirt because that was the name of our sound company, Realm Z. And he came up to us and he's like, yo, that shirt's dope, man. You know, and he's like, you're my sound guy, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, I only knew because they told me to look for the shirt. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's working. You know, the merch is working because we were yeah, talking about merch working. earlier, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, and it was just funny to 
to to see him so humble. But man, when yeah. this little dude, bro, you know, because he he has no qualms about that he's under five feet tall or whatever. Yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. up on that stage, bro. He's nine feet tall. He's oh, nine yeah. feet tall. He's smashing the stage down by himself. That was crazy to see. No DJ, no nothing. He just went up there, put an instrumental on, and the way he, you know, his flow sort of weaves in and out, man. Just an amazing, yeah. an amazing set, man. Yeah, Buckshot's a a dope MC, man. Um, uh, you know, Duck Down, uh, you know, records. I can't believe that they're still around too. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. I mean, think about it. They've been around for a hot minute, man. They had the Fab Five. Wow. Uh, obviously, Black Moon. Um, Helta Skelta. Oof, I mean, oof, wow. And then, and then, if you wanna, if you wanna go after that, then we could talk about um, uh, Action Bronson. Mm, mm-hmm. We can talk about uh, Alchemist, working you, with them too. You know what I remember so vividly as you're saying this? Yeah. The album covers. Remember the yellow album covers? And with yellow the, album, uh, yeah. It was a yellow album cover, and it had like a this caricature. It was a head with the record cutting the hair off. I don't know if you remember this, man, but this was like some DJ shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I always remember because that's how you knew you you knew it was like one of that. It was someone coming from were they on Tommy Boy for a little while? I feel like that was uh no nervous records. Nervous, nervous records. Nervous. Nervous records. If you get a chance, look that up. That's such an iconic, like caricature cartoon yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Good times there, man. But you know, think about this. Um the evolution of how uh, records and people have come out, right, over all the years. Uh, think of it like this. So we went from this, like, very visual um, artistry, you know what I'm saying? Like, they would even get the graffiti guys, like, and come in. Yo, come do some art. I mean, that's that's how they got uh, the Wu-Tang uh, emblem, right? The dude did graffiti, came in, started drawing some shit, drew the wrong thing, then finally got it right, and that's what they <laughs> used, right? Think about it, man. It's true. It's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 you know. like those little things. They were all very iconic back then. Um, all the album covers were dope as fuck. Usually drawn by artists that they knew. You know what I mean? Like shit that was. You know, they didn't go out and find some company to to draw it up. They they found somebody who knew how to draw that they knew, and they got them to do that shit, bro. That's deep. A, a good know? example of that's like the Atlians uh, album ooh, cover. Ooh, you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. See now that, that was drawn by a local artist. But here's the thing: the Atlians cover taps into a very southern airbrush style you if you it? really look yes. at it you know yes it's bro, and that's exactly. something very southern right when you get northern yeah. you get more of a can you get more of a spray can style so it's interesting that you bring that up because them being from brooklyn you have the bronx there these are the mecca this is the mecca of graffiti oh, uh, yeah. and you have to think right like back then there was no instagram back then it was harder to get your message out than yeah. it is now right so one way would be through graffiti like what rapper wouldn't want to be immortalized in a piece, you know? Oh, yeah. So like, let's say who got the props by Buckshot, yeah. Black mm-hmm. Moon, right? Um, yeah. Who got the props spray painted on the side of a subway going by or on a wall in Brooklyn? Yeah. that That's the best advertisement a rapper could ever ask for. Thousands of people a day walking by a sign that says who got the props with graffiti. And it says mm-hmm. in the bottom where to kind of find them and listen in a time where there was no Instagram, no MySpace, no computer, really, you know, Napster yeah. didn't even fucking exist. You know what I'm Not saying? Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was on the verge, you know, it was on the verge. That, that, but that's one of those things that I keep saying. It's like, um, you know, the evolution of hip hop has been probably the coolest thing I've gotten to see over time. Right. 
because I remember being a, a young kid in the 80s and, uh, you know, listening to, you know, Big Daddy Kane, listening to Kumo D, uh, you know, listening to uh, what was this guy's name now? Oh, my God, man. Uh, holy shit. Uh, J. Rue the Damages. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, such a great really, really, artist. Old, really old school shit, right? Really so, like, good that was artist. my. So like growing up listening to that shit, late 80s, early 90s, it was um, it was a big adjustment for me because all these dudes had the the original slow flow, right? And then, you know, and they were all from New York and shit. And then when the newer guys, right, in the early 90s started coming out and you're like, yo, yo, this flow's like, you know, a little faster, but still the same message. Like, you know, talking about the streets, talking about the, the problems that they're having, you know, having to deal drugs to make it, all this kind of shit, right? And that common theme from the storytelling back then to what it's become now, um, a lot of, I want to say, a lot of the traditionalists, right, in hip-hop, because I, I think that's a thing, right? Like the traditionalists, all the guys that uh, respect, you know, the backpackers, respect all the vibes that hip-hop has, right? And then there's the people that only like the new shit, right? They, they're only focused on that. Like it's usually a younger crowd, right? Uh, we've talked about this on my show before, but the fact that like the younger crowd um, shows limited respect. And I think that's kind of fucked up, right? To the people that came before them and some of the pioneers. And we've debated this a lot, like to say who is um, the better judge of character. Is it us because, you know, we grew up through the golden era or is it the young kids that are trying to build something new? And I say like this, I, I try and be a, a Switzerland here, right? I want, I want to be neutral. And I say, well, the young kids have their vibe and what they're trying to push. And then there's the, all the traditional guys, right? You know, older, older probably. And their kids listening to that same type of hip hop and then those kids making that type of music. Matter of fact, you know who you should listen to that'll um, show you what I'm talking about? This kid is named Marlon Kraft. M-A-R-L-O-N-C-R-A-F-T. Marlon Kraft. Marlon Kraft. Listen to that man right there. All right? This kid is straight New York. And if you hear him, it's like he was born... In the wrong era, if that makes sense, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he yeah. spits bars, not fucking this bullshit that you hear, this mumble rap shit, right? I'm not, and I'm not dissing mumble rap. I, I respect it if you like it, right? But I'm talking about bars. That man right there. Yeah, and he's a younger okay. guy coming up, you know what I'm saying? That dude, there's another guy, his name's Asaru. Uh, he's here local. Uh, dude, he's like, He's like a Raekwon, if you want 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 comparisons. Wow, wow. That's how that man sounds. That those kind of bars. Um, there's this dude named uh, Mike Mass locally here in Tampa as well. Um, another lyricist dude. Just these dudes are like all coming up. Uh, younger guys though from the new era. You know what I'm saying? Like these dudes are like 18, 19, 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? They're just coming up. Wow, these, that's these these dudes are dope. It's bro. such an interesting time for music because. I did a show recently and I talked about the renaissance of hip hop and are we yeah, yeah, yeah. are we in it? Are we approaching this now? And I feel like we are. And I agree with you, man. There's so many Raekwons and, you know, Wu-Tangs. And, and I mean that like, you know, these are like the doppelgangers of, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. They got that Coast Contra group right now. Bro, Coast it, Contra, you know? that freestyle. 
amazing dude and then on bro it's like you said you said it earlier yourself Noslin. you said um uh they were born in the wrong era yeah it's like their souls were from the 90s and early 2000s right and then they were born in like you know 2010 or some shit you know what i mean or whatever the fuck it is right they you know, got like 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 born born in the two thousands, right? You know, or you late nineties. You know what that is? That's CERN. You know CERN. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so these CERN people, collider. These, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you come up and and like, I, but I respect um all the guys, right? Because there's this um there's this little spot here in Tampa, um it's called the Shuffle, and on Tuesdays, uh they do this like hip hop open mic thing, and there's this dope DJ locally, DJ Faz. What up? Okay. Okay. Um. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they all come out there and they do the show, bro. And basically they get three artists to come out. They got two openers and a headliner, right? And it's all local shit. And then after that, you get the open mic, dude, the real gritty shit, right? Okay, like the okay. artists are dope, but you stick around for the open mic, right? Because these guys come out and they're like trying all their new shit, you know, whatever it is. And this night, this one night I went there, there was this dude, um, that came out, dude from Alabama, but he lives here in Tampa now. Um, um, uh, Jay King is his name. And at first look, you're looking at this kid. He's got glasses on, and I mean, he looks hip hopish, right? Yeah, real thinking, unassuming. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, like, like this isn't the regular hip hop dude, right? I'm like, all right, man. Your boy grabs a mic. He's like, yo, yo, what up, what up? It's like, all right, let's get this shit going. Boom, he drops the music and then just starts spitting bars. And I'm just like, where'd this guy come from, bro? Right? <laughs> like, who is this kid? And then, like, I got to meet him. I brought him on the show. I talked to him. And it was kind of crazy. Like, you hear these guys. They do the transplant. They come to Florida. And they're like, I want to make this shit happen, man. You know what I mean? I want this to be, like, you know, my future or whatever. And he's done it. A lot of these guys, man. I mean, some of the shows that I've been to in the last, like, I want to say year, year and a half, have all been just dope ass lyricist here locally um and i don't know if it's maybe a florida thing because i know up in orlando there's a ton of fucking heavy hitters but yeah, yeah at least yeah. in tampa in general <laughs> um i've i've like i've ran into a bunch of like really dope mcs and not like not mediocre i'm talking about like cl cl as close as you can get to that god level mc shit for sure when they're coming up for sure, you know man. like like, hungry like out dudes here. with dudes with dudes with like conscious bars that I'm just like, wow, man. Like, I love this shit and it's changing. And I don't know if maybe everybody got sick of just constant bass and then like five lyrics and it's over. You know what I mean? Like, that's a song. I don't know if like people have lost their need to pay attention, maybe, yeah, you know, to because yeah. even songs have gotten shorter, man. The longest song I think I've heard lately was like three minutes and some change. And then the rest of the songs were like two, two and change, a minute 47 a song. I was like, man, songs have gotten shorter. You know, but who, I don't think do that you, it's a. Do you yeah. know who talks about that? About, about, you know, if you go back and listen right in the 90s to KRS One, he yeah. talks about how songs are being shortened to four. He, yeah. In his lyric, he goes four minutes yeah. and some seconds. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like, that was short back then. Now you, you're talking two minutes, 30 seconds on TikTok, 60 seconds, you know. Yeah. Uh, shit, the shit's changed, man. Big time. Nah, bro. Dude, dudes, will, but, dudes will drop like a 30 second song and be like, yeah, this is it right here. 
You know what I mean? Like, like take this and run. Right. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it, it takes away from, um, the ability to really tell a full story. I mean, maybe what you wanted to say at that point, maybe only took a minute, 47 seconds. Right. I, I can live with that. I can live with that. I can say, I can live with, this is all I wanted to say, but typically something like that would be an intro. It wouldn't be something that we would have like right off the bat. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like there would be, you know, a, a, a loss, like where it would be, you'd get, you know, your, your intro out, but it would be a, like a skit, right. Or it would be like a, like you just, you know, spit in a freaking, you know, acapella verse or something just to get something started. Right. Typically is what you would hear. But then later, you know, people have just stopped doing a lot of the stuff. Like you don't see skits as much anymore. I mean, name, name three artists right now that have skits on their albums. Ooh, I, I, I couldn't. And you're right. That's a, there's a lack of albums you can listen to beginning and end. And, you know, we could blame that on the streaming world. Bro, the streaming world has you know. turned um, the, the sales of hip hop music and music in general into this commodity of spins right if like you're not getting 100,000 200,000 spins or more you know millions of spins you're not making any money you, you know what go. I mean yeah you're so not making any I money. mean so imagine let's so let me let me pose a like sort of a question or something you know imagine okay. a rapper like Redman uh or Dr. Dre the chronic album which had a lot of skits Redman always had a lot of skits De La Soul Tribe Called Quest yeah. those artists if they were put out now, their skits would be shuffled to the bottom and their music would be pushed to the top. So yep. you don't you don't really get a full album experience yep. today, in my opinion, if that makes sense, you know? I mean, I don't think I don't think you would get any of them. Plus, like, uh, let's say you're listening to the old Fuji's album, and you know, when they walk into Chang Wang and he goes to buy the chicken, he's like, fry the chicken hard and right, shit. Right, right. Great. Like example. you wouldn't hear that that skit. It's funny as shit. Yeah. <laughs> the vo the the the, the voiceover is hilarious. Skit, yeah, right? exactly. he's like, I like my chicken fried hard, hard and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got beef? You, you want beef? You want beef? <laughs> I have beef. Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> he's like, I'll beat your monkey ass as my fucking self, and I'm just like dying laughing inside at this, right? Like, where is it? And they don't have any good skits, so. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being an old crabby man. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah, just, I, yeah. I'm just speaking my mind about like cool shit that were in albums that I think should make a comeback eventually. Here, um, you know, anybody what, you who's know, listening out there, you know what, you know what world. I think, old man. I think, I think, I think it's okay. We need to express our, this is what this is for, man. We need to let it out. This right? is our twelve-step program. You know, fuck, man, <laughs> fuck. I got to get it out there. Um, but yeah. I speak it into the world because I just think everybody should like. Think about things that we're missing in entertainment, man. Um, it's a lot what, of things it's that we, what we made, lose. It's what made music very valuable, you know? Why did we pay such a premium for it and collect it and hold it? You know, nowadays people just keep it in their account. And yeah. they open up their YouTube app. I got YouTube music. Let me put this on. You know, I experienced something where YouTube years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but they put up a service where they said, upload your music to Google Play. Put all your MP3s on our server and you yeah. can listen to them forever. Now, yeah. whenever I go back to listen to my music, I have yeah. to wade through their ads to get yep. to my favorite stuff. Not only yeah. that, some of the skits and things, you can't even find them when you go yeah. in there. They don't play. They just they're just non-existent, you know. I haven't found I haven't found a lot of skits in a while. I think I think that 
that whole premise of things being missing is uh, these media companies trying to push you towards just stream it. Don't worry about owning it, right? They want to make it a non, um, you know, uh, what's the word where you can hold it? Uh, fuck, man. Where you can hold it. It's not It's not tangible. Oh, right. It's not tangible. Right. Like, I can't right. put it in my hands and say, this is mine. I, I like... I have my phone in my hand. I'm like, this is mine. You know what I mean? Like, That's, I don't have that with my this music. This is so anymore. interesting, bro. You're talking about the death of the skit. You know, and you got me thinking because yeah. now we're in a world where when you pick up your phone, you thumb through 50 skits by just scrolling through your TikTok or your Instagram, right? Exactly. You're thumbing through 50 skits, you know, you got. Yeah. So, and then and then I'm trying to equate this to where is the current modern artist doing this, right? And, and the only thing I could think yeah. of is when they put out a music video, they have that extended beginning where yeah. they're acting out something, you know, and to them, that's the new skit, you know? Yeah, I besides, guess. Um, besides the fact know. that, think about this. Is there any value in a skit now when you're trying to get streams, right? And your stream has to play past the... So let's say I put a, a 15-second skit and you and I are going to pretend we're robbing a bank or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like that yeah, may yeah. not get any... It may not be monetarily feasible, yeah. I don't know if that's the word feasible, but it may not be something that we're going to make a lot of money off of. So if you and I were running yeah. a business, we got Nosslin Records, we might be like, you know what? We're not going to worry about all that fluff because we don't make money on that, you know? Yeah. And then and then another question is, are these new people, are these new rappers even really funny, bro? With the way we're canceling comedians and the way like comedy and just being real with yourself and all that, like you can't, like remember Redman, had, he had a skit called Who Wants to Fuck a Millionaire? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you couldn't do that nowadays. No, you could not no. do that skit nowadays. You know, it, it would be you would be cancel culture. You know what, you though? Know? Well, you know what, though? Uh, he's got a song where like he just walks around the city slapping people. Uh, it's new too. which I, I looked I looked at it and said, See, OK, this is the kind of shit that I'm missing. Right. Let's let's get some slapstick back in the fucking hip hop. Make it entertaining to watch a video. Yes. You know, he's literally walking around and just telling people. You know, he's going to slap and he, he's fucking slapping I people. Slap the shit out too. He's like, yeah, exactly. Yes, I love he's that. He's literally bro. just slapping people <laughs> everywhere. And, and I love it. Red man, bro, if you're listening to this ever in your lifetime, bro, peace to you, my friend. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for doing dope shit. For sure. Um, but Very yeah, you know, jerks. things like that, like that I miss that I, that I say like, why, why don't we have this? Like, you know, why isn't everything more, you know, about what the culture was, right? All the different facets, all these things. That's why I said that the, you know, the skit has died because there hasn't been skits in general. Like people have gone away from it. They've, they're using it for other forms, you know? And in music, that was like how you got through the story, right? You know what I'm saying? You start at the beginning, it's telling you this intro about what's happening, you know, halfway through the album, you get a little skit. They're usually at a house, they're smoking, they're talking shit, something crazy happens. You know, I'm and trying to moves on to the song. I'm trying to think of a time where the skit died, you know, and this Oof. is going to this is going to sound really weird. But I remember when Das Effects came das out Effects. with their first album. Let's right? go. And this album shocked me because of their affiliation to groups that were known for skits. But if yeah. you really go back and listen to the Das Effects album, there was not one skit. It's literally 13 cuts, 10 to 13 songs, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. not a single skit. Nope. Uh, and I remember, you know, and I remember being shocked by that, 
I remember going, this is a little weird. Like, how come there's nothing for me to relate to the artist yeah. in between, you know? Now, we could argue that Das Effects is an entire skit in themselves. When they got songs about, like, Lucy, that song about yeah. the diarrhea hitting your, your underwear while you're playing basketball, you know? Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. I got the Lucy. I remember Lucy, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, and bum, stickity, bum, stickity, bum, hun. You could yeah. argue that these the are whole, all... The whole thing, yeah. The, the whole, whole thing the is whole, a skit. The whole style, It's yeah. a whole cartoon, you know? So maybe yeah, it didn't yeah. need it. But I recall at that same time, you may remember uh, Def Squad coming out okay. with El Nino, and that was yep. packed with skits, you know? Yeah, packed bro. with skits, right? Wu-Tang albums, their skits were always the kung fu samples. So they would sample uh, a lot of them, movie, a lot of them. Right? But yeah. uh, the one where like, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Ray and he and he walks in and he's talking about the dude getting shot. He's like, he's like, fuck you, man. Is oh, he fucking yeah, dead? yeah, yeah. Is what he, the fuck dead? you mean? Is he fucking, fucking dead? dead? Exactly. <laughs> Shit like that. Right. Like this would be something that would really be happening in a house yeah, with people yeah. sitting around and somebody says something. I'm very, I'm, I'm fairly sure. The Ray's gonna really say some shit like that, right? Like, like I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was so, so scripted, right? Like, I think that this was just random shit they were recording one day. They like played it and said, "Wait a minute, we can use this." You know, there's no incriminating evidence in here, right? There's nothing that'll get us in trouble. We can use this. You know what? You know what? You know what I think, Noslin? That you, because you're bringing out some like this is like a psychiatry session for why the skit died. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, you know what I think is going on now is that same reason for them to go in a studio and record themselves having like a blunt at the apartment while they watch the killer tape and somebody tells yeah. a story about a shooting, you know what I mean, in the neighborhood. Exactly, exactly. Now you get that by following your favorite artist and check my live or check my, you know, my post, my yeah, story, look at my, my reels. feed. Look at all my reels. Look at my yeah. reels. And on the reel, you'll get that. You know how you see like the like what was that rapper just recently? He punched his own artist. He was walking yeah, yeah, yeah. backstage and he turned around and just beat like he punched his own artist in the face, his own like artist that he signed to a record label. And it yeah. made the news. And it was like it was the baby or somebody punches his own artist. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. That's the new skit. The new skit yeah. is like, go to my Patreon or give me a dollar and I'll play you the, the 15 second snippet of me rolling a blunt in the back of a Uber when I'm not supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So so then let's let's round back, right? So then at the end, maybe it died in the um original sense, right? It was reborn into these little skits, right? And then these skits are now becoming this monetarily uh adventure, right? A monetary adventure. Because I mean, half these half these dudes, they're like, How do you how are you gonna make money on half of this stuff on Instagram? The people that are there, the affiliates, maybe hmm. they make a little money. Uh, they get in there, they do the ads, you see them, uh, um, all these like, uh, so-called models, uh, but the, you only see them on Instagram, <laughs> Instagram models, only, exactly. only fans, o only, only fans. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, the point is that like, it's like you try and monetize these little things. The artist is like, we can make money off your image for anything that you do. Right. So like every time somebody plays a video of you getting out of a car and saying something and walking away, right. Boom, that's it, right? Like, how many times have you seen those, like, YouTube videos of, like, these compilations of every time uh, an artist got upset because, like, you know, TMZ wrote up on them, you know, started asking them questions. They're like, fuck, man, I just want to fucking drink some coffee, bro. What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Weird shit like that. And they get it on film, and then they're like, we're going to sell this. 
Very good make point. money. Very good point. And that's literally what it's been. I mean, that's literally what yeah. it's turned into, right? Like, what can they make money on media wise? They, wow, you know can, that was can, deep, can, bro. No, I'm just saying nah, bro, that like, was this deep. Is, this is the shit that's you're happening taking right it now. there because you got to think. You're right, bro. It, it, I could sell this moment. Why give it to you for free on Spotify? 15 second clip. You know, yeah. Wu Tang gave it to us for free because there was no internet back then. They had to be like, yo, we need to let these people know what we're really doing. Let's make a skit of us in an apartment somewhere, you know, getting getting ripped on blunts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's an interesting take on it, you know? It's monetized I mean, it, now. It, it, it yeah, really bro, is. Everything's monetized. It's like, you got you to gotta look at everything. It's like, where can you make money with everything that you're doing? Media consumption is, you know, at a different rate. I think that's why it affects the culture in general, right? Like, mm. And I'm using hip hop because that's what we focus on on the show. But um, it, I think it affects all the genres. But in hip hop in general, I mean, you're seeing like veterans in the game going live on Instagram. All right. Tell me when in their life and all their gangster ass lyrics and shit that they've said. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> About holding guns and, and doing stick ups and freaking, you know, running around, having to sell drugs and living in the projects and all this shit to saying one day, bro, I go live on Instagram for like <laughs> five minutes, 10 minutes. You know, my publicist says I have to. Yeah. I go on there, fucking 10,000 people show up. They watch me for 10 minutes and then I'm out. And then, and then, and then remember, they're donating too. You got yeah. the people that are giving it, it, the money. Yeah, exactly. It's the new hustle. About, it's the yeah, new think hustle, about bro. That shit, right? They're there live. They're just making money, and it's ten minutes of their time that all these people were like, "I'll pay fifty dollars to look at you for ten minutes," and I'm like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> right? Because it's like if I'm yeah. gonna pay fifty dollars, I'm at your concert, and I'm actually experiencing right, you live, right? right? Yeah. Front row. Like action. you want to throw a concert? You want me to be there? I'll spend some money, but give me what I want. I'm not gonna go and. I don't want to see a fucking virtual you, bro. That's ridiculous, right? What do you think of uh, what do you think of cameo? Oh man, cameo's another way to monetize artists. Like, hey, pay this guy to say something. Right, right. I right. want, bro. I want Jay Z to tell me happy birthday and spit me uh, eight bars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you can pay for it. $4,000. Jay-Z is pretty cheap. expensive. You know, yeah, it's not cheap, but he'll spit eight bars for me. And you what know, do uh, I get in the return? Do I get to keep that recording forever? Is it mine? Now, is let, it mine? You know, let's equate this. Because somebody that, you know, uh, that, it, that business cameo is an interesting thing. Because remember, DJs in the old days would pay for drops from their artists. Oh. Yeah. So they bro, would pay an arm and a leg. They pay a hundred dollars uh, for you know Busta Rhymes to go. Yo, you're listening to the real Noslin, raw. Yeah, you know exactly. So I mean, you know, they they kind of made a business out of it, but it's it's shameful to see some of your favorite artists on there sort of selling themselves. You know, it's kind of uh, uh, again. It's it's like how many revenue streams can you have now? Right before it was more about. You knew exactly what you were going to spend money on, right? Street Team, the album, right? Because you had to buy all the shit to make the album, the CDs, the fucking you know vinyl, whatever the hell you were going to you know print up. Um, you had to pay for the studio, right? So you've got studio time you're paying for. You've got you're paying for the Street Team. You're paying for uh, the local um, radios to play your shit, right? You're getting them to do commercials for you, right? So the label's helping them at this point, but the independent guys, 
the ones that are actually doing it where they're like they were out there in the street, you know, giving out flyers, telling people that there was going to be a show, building the hype up for something when, you know, nobody really knew that it was even happening. You know what I'm saying? Like there wasn't there wasn't fucking verses to tell you that there's going to be these two artists that you've been wanting to see go at it, go at it. Right. Like you had to be word of mouth or somebody had to have told you or it had to hear it on the radio. Now it's like any social media outlet that you use, you're gonna get what you want. You just subscribe to the things you wanna see, right? You follow the things you want. And like, they say that it's curated for you, right? And then they help you with suggestions and like, all the suggestions are like, you should probably buy this. <laughs> you should probably take a look at this product too. This yeah. is another great yeah. one. You're gonna love this, right? And it's like, you're selling me ads the entire time. I'm like just scrolling down this and like the shit that I care about, they give me five posts of it. And then there's like 20 suggested posts and then I get what I want again. Right? So it's like, how do they keep it afloat? Everything's about money. I don't think it's ever been more of a capitalistic, uh, you know, but who's to blame for that? You know, you got to think like, is this something you blame the record labels the artists or technology, because we got to remember. I mean, just 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 all of it. They they all have a part in it. Yeah, right? yeah. They all have yeah. a part in it because like the labels are like, we're cutthroat. We need money. I don't really give a fuck about what the artist wants, right? Because most of the deals are like that. They don't own any of their, um, you know, any of their their music until you know they sign some kind of crazy deal, right? A uh, good example of that would have been when. Uh, uh, it was in the Wu Tang uh, uh, show, right? When when Riz assigned ODB to the other label, right? Instead of going to the one he wanted to be, he wanted to be in Def Jam his whole life. He didn't put him there. He put him in uh, what was it Electra or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He moved. He switched over labels. So he this went was to like the, he went to the this label was Rizza releasing yeah. him. You know, yeah. Rizza put him on a, a for his. You know, it, it was obviously it's a single release, right? Like him, him as an individual artist, right? Soloist. Oh shit! Some music came on. Hold on. I don't hear. Oh, let me turn that down. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not streaming it yeah. out to you. Um, but the whole point is that like you've got, you know, all this information that's coming at you, right? And then you say, well, you know, how do I make money on it? Everything is about that. I I, I keep pushing that that envelope because it's like. Everybody says, why don't local artists make any money? And I was like, well, what are they doing to promote themselves? Mm, mm. What's their budget? I yeah. mean, they've got, they've got, you know, social media, but that's on a limited basis. Like, unless you're, unless you've got, you know, 10,000 to 20,000 followers locally, you're probably not going to do that well. You know, that's why people don't realize that when you're coming up, it's a struggle regardless, right? We always talk about independent artists, right? And all the artists that are signed now started off independently, but they created a vibe for themselves. They pushed themselves. A good example of that's this dude, Russ. Have you heard of Russ? Yeah, yeah. Dude out of Georgia, dope MC. Sings. It's like, he's like a Chico. Yeah. He's like a Chico fucking Drake, right? <laughs> Mad bars and could sing. And he's got this long flowing hair, and I'm just like, wow, dude. Okay hippie vibe, but he fucking spits bars. And then you see what he did all on his own. Um, he never, he's, he's not signed it. He's signed to his own label, him. And he sells out, you know, venues with like 20, 30, 40,000 people. 
And then you ask yourself, what did that guy do that was any different than anybody else? Well, if you read about the story of who Russ is, he used to do this thing where like um, he would put out a song like every day on SoundCloud, like literally every day. One new song every fucking day. New song every day. New song every day. Until like people were like sitting around waiting. Yo, you putting out another track? Yo, you putting out another track until he had enough music to keep people busy for a while. Then starts working on this album, but he needs to like promote it. So he fucking goes on tour for himself, sets this shit up by himself, right? Goes on this tour, sells out fucking venues, plays all his new music, his fucking album. People don't even realize it at first album gets released people are like wait a minute i went to that freaking concert that was your album and then boom fucking marketing genius yeah yeah okay it's like how do you get the new shit out there and get people involved well first make them want to see you and then go let them listen to your new shit when you do a tour well don't even play you know the way you're describing it right he's He's got this look, you know, there's there's that energy there. So there's already that attraction from everyone to go, you know, curiosity. Uh, And then you have this sort of quantity over quality sort of a thing where you just keep hitting them over the head with music. Because, you know, you you got me thinking like back to when I was doing music, you know, uh, I, I go back to literally 91 when I first started getting truly serious in the studio and like, let me make demos and try to get signed and all this. Right. You know, and I think of like the, you know, <clears throat> this person, you know, you, uh, what was I saying? I, I lost my train. He, he's he's got an image, you know, he's doing yeah. the quantity over quality thing. And I think of myself back in the day when I went to record, how many songs never got put out because there's a gatekeeper somewhere that goes, ah, we can't put this out or that's not the one or that one's a little too controversial, you know, so like, like, I wonder if I, going back in time, would benefit from today's system where I could just dump everything on the on the world at once and yeah. you kind of let the people pick instead of allowing somebody at a label or a manager or someone to go, you know what, Nasslin, I don't really like that one, man. And maybe you should change your look, bro. We're going to get you some dreads with, a, you know, a couple. We'll get <laughs> you some, some contacts so you could look like an oh, owl yeah. and a yeah. few, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's d- different pressures back then, I guess, man. But I often think to myself, would I have been more successful now in this era, in this time? Would I have, you know, been able to secure more bags and make better networks and all that, you know? I mean, we did it how we had to do it, you know? We did it. We used what we had. We had to go into studios, book studio time, $100 an hour, record a demo, drop that demo down to a a cassette tape take that cassette tape, get it duplicated, get artwork printed. It was not an easy task, you know? Uh, now, being able to just sit at home and just throw out a thousand songs, you know, drop them on DistroKid and let, you know, the royalty checks come in, like uh, Papoose. I saw Papoose on Drink Champs, and he was talking about, I cut, I cut all the labels out. I cut every label out. I literally just, I, I do one song a day, the average month is 30 days. That's 30 songs you get in a month. Three, six, nine, 12, eight. This guy's doing four or 500 songs a year. But he says, you know, the difference is, is that I do all of this. And then like out of the 30 songs I do in a month, four of them might have Busta Rhymes on it or some guest appearance, you know? Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. where he's cleaning up. 
that's where he's making his money back because it's like you know out of those 30 songs you might not like a single one of them and then you stumble on something with drake or i don't know you know drake and papoose will ever rhyme together but <laughs> but you know i mean if we were to see that ever in our lifetime <laughs> I'm just going to mark it on my calendar. Right, right. I'll take a picture and just yeah, leave it yeah, forever. So the, the sun will turn pink and, and the Bro. moon will go purple. <laughs> <I, laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I love it, bro, because you... Like the end of the world movies, you know, <laughs> like sun's coming up over the horizon, but it's like pink and shit, and everybody's like, what the fuck is happening right now? There's a guy with a Tibetan bowl, and he looks up at the sky scared. Oh, no, the birds fly over, you know? <laughs> But like there's somebody everywhere in the world, so they like they're like kind of like moving around the right, the, right, uh, yes. Like <laughs> doing something different each time, you know what I'm saying? You're in a different they, city, a different country. Little, you know what I'm saying? Somebody he done fucking uh like one of the Caribbean <laughs> islands she's out there with her fucking little thing on. She's like hanging her clothes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Why do you smell? And then it cuts. <laughs> sun's coming up. Uh, uh, but man. yeah, so shit like that. So again, these are all like evolutions of what's been happening in music in general, but I think hip hop has been affected by it in a way that um, has changed how they even promote stuff now, you know, um, before you had the street teams, but now like I'll go and like, if I want to know anything about any concerts that are coming up, I just, I go to Insta, I go to their page and I'm like, mm, anything new? Oh, there it is right there. Boom. There's the show. That's the one I want to go see. Right. I take the info down. I start searching, trying to find some tickets. Like, I went to a show uh, like earlier this year um, for uh, Wu Tang, right? When they came in the town, it was uh, no, it was, was it la- no, it was the last year or this year. Oh man, great, great show! Did you I get think, to you get to see all of them, or were they missing any members? Uh, no, Obviously, they, it, ODB the, wouldn't the be there. Or so it was uh, Jizza, Raekwon, and Ghostface. Okay, okay, okay. So, so they came, right? All all of them, I got to see younger in age, but these three specifically, they came to Tampa, uh, was at the Ritz. Y'all are from 813, baby. You already know the All Ritz. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, it's this dope place. Like it's got this like amphitheater thing, uh, way in the back. Right. So like, if you look at it, it's, um, it's basically two bars when you first come in. Right. So there's this long hallway that takes you out to the big amphitheater in the back. But when you first come in, there's a bar to the right and there's a bar to your left. And then, on the other side of that, there's like this room or like a standing room, right? Where you could chill, you know, hang out, talk shit before you go into the amphitheater. And I remember going there and they were doing like sound checks and shit. Cause like they were getting some of the people, some of the local guys were going to go on. Uh, matter of fact, this dude K3, shout out to K3, bro. Um, dope ass local artist here, bro. This kid opens up for fucking Wu-Tang and like life changing shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you opened for fucking Wu Tang, bro. You that's know? a that's a big deal. That's a big deal. You know, not to cut you off there, but big shout out to the Warheads because you know we're talking ninety six to ninety eight. They did a they were on tour with the Warheads as their I'm sorry on tour with Wu Tang, the mm-hmm. Warheads on tour with Wu Tang as an opening act, and I remember that back then being life-changing for them and they were already bubbling they were already doing their thing you know but that's come on man that's a resume builder you know like that's a resume builder it's like um you know the fact that they're getting these type of opportunities is 
something else, man. You know, whoever this promoter was, was like, look, bro, I got these local kids. They're really good. You'll like them. And dude was like, all right, man, well, is it expensive? Nah, man, some local kids. Right, I'm right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing out the freaking conversation because I know that these promoters aren't trying to pay these kids. No, not, of not, course not. No, they're right? going to get them to do it for free. They get to perform for Wu-Tang. That's their payment. And I was like, and if it was me, I'd be like, you know what? As awesome as that sounds, I still need to get paid because I'm an artist. And since they're an artist and I'm an artist, then I should get paid. And of course, you know, if I was that kid, I don't know what he got paid. I don't know what he got paid. I don't even know if he got paid. I hope he did. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, I hope he did. But I'm going to say this. Um, I do, I do want to talk about some music though, because I think we haven't even touched on that yet. Um, there is this group. Uh, they're out of the DMV. That's uh, uh, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. If you guys know where the DMV okay, is, okay. All right, north of here, some dope dudes. Uh, these guys are called uh, Divine Sons, and uh, I think you can hear the song. Here. I can see. hear that. That shit sounds crazy. I heard angels and 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 ready? The, the earth is opening up. It sure is, bro. Wake up to one night. Listen to this shit. Listen to this shit real quick. Maybe a year from now. Maybe two. And all you'll see is a pillow over your face and you'll hear a pop. One thing I learned in school is you never go by the book. How you believe in King when my pawn just scoop his rook? I just walked up in the spot and already I got him shook. Waving a piece in both hands like I'm not a crook. I need everyone to chill. I'm just here to have a look. Looking for your queen to scheme. Nah, I mean, I never even made an offer. I threatened that I'd offer. She just sacrificed positions. Yeah, things got awkward. Remember, the law of the land is the way of a gun. I put in work with many, but I ain't playing with none. So while Uncle Sam is cooking, just know that change is going to come. So keep trying your luck and continue raising your son. You got options. While all our options have been exhausted, precautious, cocking that Nina till she get nauseous. I'm off it. Yeah. But just as Sometimes you defend yourself, you got a mountain offense. Call a spade a spade and follow suit. Pouring cocktails at Cascade, swallow the truth. The thing about the game, rules never change. Application creates aggravation, guilt, and shame. Fuck a palace, guilt to name. A toll on my lane, charging niggas like double lane. On Anderson Fame, profane, propane, hot shit all flames. The smoke is the aftermath, the best word in the game. Running concentric circles, grabbing my next play. All up like Steffi Graf for songs by Wanye, so divine. We define Sunday, still in my prime. Put you in your ribs, no gunplay One day, it'll all make sense But until then, fighting tooth and nails Like your girlfriend were feeling Fortunate to have brothers and real friends Cause Judas would double cross you out When the wheels spin my pen intentionally holds bars like penitentiaries. The song you struggle with and quit would have been a cinch to me. Crafting bars is effortless. If you were from our era, then your catalog would be recordless. Now what you gonna tell me? That's like an atheist teaching the wrath of God. The Methodist, a Baptist, backwards. Not the way I move. Gotta pay your dues. Real winners are not afraid to lose. And um, whom shall I fear when you can come here? Truly they be fighting blind until it all becomes clear. Daredevil comparison if he could really see. Their real levels of arrogance set off my killing spree. My murder weapon confirmed that's the style is still is free. Billy C, when we wow. smallly ball and cane like that one that used to run with us can never shed a scene. This is wow. This is just a taste. So I'll, wow. I'll, I'll leave the rest for you guys if you want to hear that shit. Look it up. It's uh, Divine Sons. That's D I V I N. Sons, S U N S. 
and it's this uh, it's off the album The Beautiful, and that particular song right there is called Law of the Gun. That wow. is that entire shit. I was trying to send Good you find. Or with some music, and I was like, yo, I can send you this shit while we're recording. And I'm like, fuck, man, let me get this set up, because I wanted you to hear this track, because we haven't talked about music the whole time. But um, these dudes right here, man, man, with these guys for years, bro, I've gotten to, there's like nine of them. It's like Wu-Tang. Remember how you were talking about these groups coming out? They're like, Wu-Tang, these dudes right here, Divine Sons, um, you know- they are Amazing, amazing hip hop guys, man. Just yo, that was impressive. That was a great find, Noslin. I'm gonna tell you what, you know, you said Wu Tang, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, uh, I'm gonna cross reference someone that they to me sound more like. Damn it, I just lost who it is. Who was CeeLo? Remember, uh, who's that creeping in my window? Goody Mob, Mob, bro. They remind me of Goody Mob because you got different flows, you've got like a West Coast rapper in there. You got a non-regional. Can't tell if he's from Canada or New York. Where's this guy from? You know, right. the next guy comes in with a Southern flow. Sounds like Outcast. Whoa, bro. Whoa, yeah. Dungeon Family vibes going on in there too. The accents are so interesting. That was that. So you that you you named a like a Bermuda Triangle. What was it again? You said West Virginia uh, D- and what? DMV. So Delaware, uh, Maryland, Virginia. Wow. And these dudes are from that area. Uh, it's like a tri-state type of thing. They're all connected. So, because you know it's landlocked up there. So, they've got this like area, and they they're all like close to each other. So, like you can go between the states. They're only like a few hours away, each way. You know what I'm saying? It's very very tight knit up there. But it's beautiful. Wow. Uh, a lot of dope MCs. So this particular group, I I uh, I met back in 2014. Okay. And I've been fucking with them since then. And this is one of their latest album. They've got a bunch of albums, so if you want to check them out, but Divine Sons. And then earlier, remember I mentioned uh, this dude, Marlon Kraft, right? See, this was a setup, man. I ain't say shit. <laughs> it's a setup. <laughs> so it's um, it's Marlon Kraft. Uh, this particular track, this one's called Hans Zimmer. And uh, you want that real New York shit? Oh, yes, please. This right here. You ready? Rock it. Let's Let me go. It for y'all. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's dirty as fuck. Watch Whoa. this. Yeah. <laughs> oh. New York ain't dead. Came back to life in the apocalypse. I done seen too much by 14 to be an optimist. Round late registrations drop. I learned about consequence before shit mellowed out. I saw a few Marty Collinses. Compliment, bitch, I got accomplishments. You can't get switched on if you don't got accomplices. Everybody on the fence got pushed the fuck off the shit. So brace yourself before you lost the wrist, little cocky bitch. Make the working man high art. Some round me wasn't solid, so I broke down my circle like a pie chart. They only tough on radio. <laughs> That's that I heart with a swag to try hard. That's that he alive mark. They ride waves. I cast sails on the penmanship. Only time I'm overboard is listening to that shit. Pirate in the flows, tide rise, you get exposed. Little diamonds in your rose. Say you went to prize and get so cause you read the shit. Homie, I'm the excrement. Stick your little chesses and turn a pest to a pessimist. I don't care if I'm Methodist, it's what I'm doing. Every marriage I've seen was toxic. Me and the game, just another yo, yeah. Who, him? I feel like laughing. 
day feel like captions i feel like passion what you do for that hood you rep i feel like asking i mean like action now you just cashing on a lifestyle that you never live and you don't hand nothing back like it's third down and a shotgun set you in who you help you could be the TikTok star <laughs> that you off when that clock Woo. stop oh boy this the soundtrack to a dark night bitch i'm on not even gonna play that whole Yo, one. Yo, kid, wow, people, wow. Y'all wanna fuck with some dope MC shit? Yo, what Marlon Craft, bro? Let me tell you, bro. Marlon Craft, Hans Zimmer. You know Hans Zimmer's a composer. Yeah, he, bro. And, and he's like, he's like comparing his abilities to shit like that. Ugh. You know what I mean, that was wicked, man. The flow was right on point, bro. He was slightly ahead of the beat. You know what I mean? And the, the shit, you know, the shit that's crazy is. Shout out to whoever produced that track. I don't know if it's the same artist rapping on it or not, but bro, the way you you did not use quantize, you avoided any tempo correction, and you yeah. just let that shit rock like a human would. It was like a dung dung, ga dung dung, and then it would go off. Dung dung, ga dung dung. Whoa, whoa, easy, easy. That was dope. That was fire. Um, uh, early Wu Tang beats, right? where they would be literally spitting off beat because the song was like that, right? You, you couldn't like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Spit in the same, and you couldn't build a cadence that would match the type of the beat. Son, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. This is from a guy who in the Wu-Tang era was producing on SP-1200s, MPCs, okay? I had Tritons. I had ASRs. I had gear we used to produce on them and do you know what part of the problem is is if you listen to wu-tang's music a lot of that stuff was produced on the sp 1200 okay if you listen to the story it was odb's people that ended up jacking a, a pawn shop and gave it to rizza and you know and jizza and the rest of them who were making beats and they was they were creating some shit so that whole sp 1200 runs off of a thing called simpty so if you know anything about connecting music, which I heard earlier, you were talking about MIDI, right? Yeah. MIDI is a way of digitally connecting equipment and getting them to talk to each other and sync with each other. Well, yeah. pre-MIDI, before they had MIDI, they had a thing called SMPTE, and that's S-M-T-P-E. And you had to plug in two plugs, and it would send out a click code that you couldn't hear, but the computer would pick up on, and it would try to stay in sync. Now, over a three to five minute period, the equipment would fall out of sync. So you yep. would have the bass line dropping out of the drum and all of a sudden everything would be off. So a lot of times, you know, you're in a studio, you're Wu-Tang, it's 1990, whatever, one, 90, you know, two. You got a session that's costing you $400 an hour. The equipment's going off at the end, you know. You got to make a decision. We're going to re-record this shit or we're just going to take our budget and run, right, you know? So yeah. look that up if you get a chance. I know you know all about it, but those listening yeah. in, Simply yeah, and how it falls out of sync over time. It's weird. Fucking weird, bro. Yeah, see, look, bro. You learn shit. <laughs> I just nerded out, man. I'm sorry. Bro, bro, I love it, dude. Like you get schooled, you know what I'm saying? Like you get some you get some knowledge. You know what I'm saying? You get some music. For sure, for sure. It's one of the things I appreciate about your show, man. You know, just to give you some respect. Uh, thank you know, and thank you for inviting me on. You know, you hit me up. We spoke in the past a few times. You jumped on one of my lives and we chatted. And oh, yeah. you said, yo, let's let's rip some fucking podcast shit. Let's go. And I was like, yo, I'm down. Let's do it, you know. And we turned a, a meeting into a show, you know. And I know it's 
a little impromptu, man, but it's been it really is. It really it's is. been fucking amazing, bro. Because you know, I listened to a bunch of your shows and I've dealt with you a few times live and I've heard of you through the grapevine. And you know, one of the things I get out of you is you're sort of like a hip hop sommelier. You know, you're putting it in your mouth, wh- whipping it around a few times and going, okay, that's got a little DJ premiere in it. I hear a little, you know, there's a couple backspins and a graffiti <laughs> in there somewhere, you know, five elements of hip hop shit. So, and I always appreciated that about you and the show and, you know, and I just been catching up and listening to you and your boy, yo, you know, uh, yeah. Yoani and shit. And I, you know, it, 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 dope, man, dope. I, I appreciate what you guys do, man. I, you know, and thank you for having me and, I, and I'm fucking, uh, I'm ready to go to fuck in, bro. This is my shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I just my shit. It's just my shit, man. I love it. I love it, Nasla. Let's rock, bro. Whenever you want. I'm telling you, whenever you want, we could go live, do some shows. I don't give a fuck. Um, I think it's it's all about putting it out there, man. And I just love to be able to talk to somebody else who wants to nerd out on it like I do. Bro, seriously. No, seriously. Because you know, you came the way you in the beginning of the show, you were like, yo, you know, I know Am. I met you through Am. And you're right, you know, and that's because Am, much love to my brother Am. Got a lot of love for that guy, you know. He he came through migraine, uh, and the way I met Am is because we were Realm Z. We had a recording studio rehearsal space, and I had a group called Napalm Federation, which had Rugged in it. Uh, my boy Legacy, rest in peace. My boy Rick Dunn, rest in peace, and me. And we were the Napalm Federation, and we came up alongside a lot of the early 90s hip-hop here in Orlando, and we started doing pirate radio stations. We did Raw 94 here in Orlando and 95 Live. These are two stations that ran for a long time under the FCC's radar, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're able to operate. And they gave us a show. They were like, yo, we want you guys to be on the show because we were, you know, you got to understand, we're doing sound in the clubs. We're recording artists. We have a label we're trying to build. And here's this pirate radio station. So there's an opportunity there to go. Let's trade some work. You know, I, I can get my boys to perform for you uh, for work. My father was a printer. Big shout out, Mr. Z. He would do printing. So back then you needed flyers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we could trade. So eventually they were like, yo, do you want to do a show? You know, do you want to be on? Do you want to have a three hour spot? And my father was like, yo, let's let's work some deals and get a few shows going. So we had a show where we called it the the local invasion. Nice. And we would only play local artists and local meaning Florida. You could be from anywhere in Florida. If you were from anywhere else, you were not local. We didn't count you as a local, you know, and right. we would play shit, man. And we found these, this guy migraine through this group called open campaign. Nice. All right. Big shout out Murdoch beat ministry. Uh, and migraine was nasty, man. He was just like levels ahead. And he had this other crew with him, the Vets of Ken, and there were all these other rappers, you know, and we had already been doing shit for a long time. So now we're on the radio now and it's like, yeah, we're going to play some local artists that are on to come up, you know, and these dudes were so fucking persistent. They show up at every show with CDs out. Hey, play my shit. Please play my shit on the air, you know. So I got blessed and I got a lot of music. I got shit on tape here, man. I got some gems, bro. I got dudes calling in, giving me live freestyles on the air. They call in and talk shit, you know? And this is, again, this is pre-podcast. This is radio. This is literally put an antenna up and broadcast that shit to the world, you know? You so reminds me of, uh, we had um, here in Tampa, and they 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 still have it. It's not not as prevalent as it used to be, but there used to be, a, a, like, a local TV station 
uh, public access. Oh yes. And um, so public access is the shit. <laughs> I, 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 I've got the VHS tapes to prove it, but I had a show on there. Me and my homeboy Steve. Oh uh, no shit. Steve what up, bro? Okay, okay. Right. Me and that guy. Uh, we were um. Like we worked at discount way back then and uh, we had to get like ASC certified in parts and all this shit. So like we were legit, right? Like we had like, you know, certifications, bro. I was like, yeah, man, like we know our shit, right? We started doing this show and then like people started watching it and people started watching it and then people started watching it. And it got to be this thing where like we were like walking around town and people knew that we had this show. It was short lived. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the, the show lasted two years, right? But in those two years, okay, okay. we built up a, a following that I think if like one of these like TV stations could have picked us up, bro, we would have been big right now, you know? And all we did was talk about easy shit, right? The things that most people find extremely hard to do on their car. They don't want to change their oil transmission filter. We did one show. We did a, a wow. change. We did... We did all this shit and we're like literally showing video of us doing it, but also we're in the studio and this, like if you would have seen it on TV, it was sick. It's like this picture in picture thing, you know, and it's showing us doing it and we're describing what's happening and everybody's just kind of like watching us do it. And I remember, uh, the very last show and, and this is why I'll never forget it is we had a caller, they called in and they were like, Hey, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, I would have been stuck on the side of the road because you taught me. How to look at my, uh, change them. I was able to, to find that one of the wires was messed up. You know, I, I found the store, bought the wire, came back, put it on, car started, and everything was good. And like, we were like, Are you serious? And like, Yeah, man. Yeah. Lifesavers, you don't understand how great this is for the community, blah, blah. And then, you know, last show of the year. Uh, but amazing. Wow. Man, that is a phenomenal story, bro. Yeah, That's bro, some life-changing shit right there. You touched somebody. Um, you touched somebody, bro. Yeah, but we uh, we got the connection through HCC, which is Hillsborough Community College. It's uh, local here to Tampa, obviously. But um, we, I was taking these this night class there, uh, you know, to kind of like you know for some extra shit. I was like trying. I was thinking about going back, but I couldn't really afford to go like full blown. So I was taking this night class. And I just happened to meet this dude that was in this media thing. And he knew the guy and then Steve knew him. So we kept talking to him until finally one day he's like, come by the studio. Let me see what you guys got. And we fucking blew his mind because we shot our own fucking video. We're like, yo, we got a demo, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a demo. <laughs> fucking VHS uh, hey, of wow. us. Uh, we, we shot that shit with the old RCA uh, 1050. It was um, a handheld <laughs> one that was like... 500 pounds. Yep. The Marty McFly back to the future. Yeah. Exactly. Doc and Brown. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because like his dad owned it, but you know, that's a long story and we won't get into it on the show, but uh -oh. Uh -oh. his little, dad owned a pawn shop action. Eh? <laughs> he ended up, up inheriting it. And then uh, we were able to shoot the show and get all the, get the demo done. And that's how we ended up getting it. But um, small, small leap for me. Um, and and I, I say it as like I proved to myself that like I could, you know, do something like that, something entertaining. And I think that's what pushed me to want to do podcasting, you know, when I started back, because like I listen to podcasts before I ever got into it. Like I started listening to podcasts back in like 2008. And um, back then you needed like, you know, your 
30 pin cable that was connected to your iPod. Yeah. You had to connect it to iTunes. You had to tell iTunes, get this RSS feed, download this file from there. Download it. Yeah. Put it on I want this. This. Now take it from here and transfer it to this fucking thing. <laughs> right? Just so I could hear it because I didn't have an RSS player. So there was nothing available at that time. You couldn't. That was, you, that was the only way. Yeah. Had it like the super nerds. And I wasn't there yet. But I had an iPod, and I was like, fuck this. I'm listening to this shit. So I got my computer, connected the fucking iPod. I got this shit to run. Matter of fact, uh, it was back when it was like Mac OS Tiger. You guys want to get <laughs> Back when it was called Tiger. Yeah, we're up to like El Capitan now or something. Uh, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it's something else, some other mountain name or whatever. Uh, but the whole point, El Monterey, that's what it is. Monterey, yeah. I was going to say Mountain Lion for some yeah, reason. Yeah, Mountain Lion was one too, though. Um, but so like they had all the animals and shit, but it was back then. And, uh, I finally got it to work. And then I was like, I was like, man, I want to do this so bad, but you know, I'm a young kid and I'm broke and it took me forever. But in 2012, you know, I had my shit together. I was like, I'm getting it. So I bought all the equipment. I start, I showed you the AKG earlier before we were live. I showed you the AKG. I've had it since then. If you can imagine, it's the perception series, bro. This is an a, uh, a one twenty. It's a, it's an older AKG, but it was. Yeah, yeah. It, did, best, it does the trick. It, one it's of the best vocal mics. The price is right, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think back then it was uh, when I first bought it, um, I think it was uh, like $220. That's about today. right, yeah. That's about you know, right. It was 220 in 2012. Uh, that same mic now is a little more, but um, it's also inflation and fucking. And because world. it's one of those for for that price, it sounds it sounds like a four yeah. five hundred dollar mic. You know? It really does. It really does. Yeah. I mean, uh, we because like I can sit here and bullshit you, but I mean, you know, uh, if, if we're gonna yeah. talk, you know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I, I told you this earlier. I'm gonna say it again. Um, I only use Sure. Uh, I will never use any other type of mic. I'm sorry, Mike, <laughs> but I don't. I, I I'm married to Sure. That's okay. it. We're done. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Now so this then, is based off of. Do you ever, I mean, you know, the SM58 and the SM57, some of the greatest microphones ever to exist, man. And that's sure, you know. I mean, but sure is yeah. one of those companies that um, it doesn't really matter which one you get. It's going to be a good one. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really have a cheap microphone. I mean, even their cheapest microphone isn't cheap, you know. And I think over the years of, of me doing audio and recording and building up this knowledge, it's like, if you're going to do it, I mean, like even people that are listening tonight, you know, if you're going to do it, um, you know, like go balls to the wall, man. Try and buy the most expensive mic you can uh, get the best mixer you can get a really good interface. Typically, Scarlett's really good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they make they make amazing interfaces uh, that have tons of fucking ports. You can get like a six I six and probably do everything that you want and have um auxiliary outs so that if people are in your studio that day they yeah. can hear it even if they're not on the show scarlet's are dope scarlet's are dope yeah they're not as proprietary they run on I'm a lot of different equipment anything, damn it but yeah. you know it's the fact that like you know you, you you buy the equipment that that does the job right i think that the thing about being a podcaster is that you start to learn what is the best fit for what you do you know and everybody's going to have a different thing. They're going to tell you what mixer's the best. They're going to tell you what mic's the best. They're going to tell you all this shit. But what I told you, a Mac, a Scarlett, and a Sure Mic, and uh, it's money from there, bro. 
Like, it is. It is. Now, let me ask you a question, uh, Noslin. Do you run anything through a vocal chain? Do you have your... So your mic, is it going straight into the computer or are you doing any like processing? Have it, the XLR running from the mic, uh -huh. right? The XLR is coming off the mic right here. It loops back around back there. And then on the back of the... Uh, or on the front, actually, uh, channel one, right? The first channel. Um, that's what takes the XLR from that mic, right? And then I have an auxiliary out specific to my headset right. that covers what I'm saying. So like when I'm when I'm doing the monitoring and I'm hearing myself, it's coming through the that aux. out. So I'm getting the full analog everything. Like I don't the only digital connection is from the scarlet to the computer, but everything else okay. connected through there. So it's all, you know. Yeah. Analog equipment, so like that shit sounds like I'm there, right there with you. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Only you reason know, I ask is, you know, and then let me ask you the next question would be, are you doing anything, any processing afterwards? Um, I mean, most of the stuff that I use is what everybody has. I take loopback and I run everything through there, and what that does is it gives me two stereo channels, and then I just do what I want with them at that point. Okay. Um, I can I put it in my when I mix it down, uh, I go in and I have like two different types of equalizers, right? One for uh, like vocal shit that I have just for that. And then the other one takes out all the rest of the sound, okay, right? Okay, okay. And all so that you're processing of it. Yeah, you got limiters, gates, yeah, right. a little, little uh, maybe some compression or an EQ. I don't, I don't use gates for audio vocal recording um, because I'm not singing. If I was singing, then I'd want to have a gate because I would the gate would allow me to compress the amount of specific uh, tones or pitches. That yeah, and the gate, you know, the gate is the one that's dropping. So you know, it'd be when a singer tries to take it, take a deep breath, and they hear that breath come in. That's the gate stopping that breath. And then the minute they go, and I will always, you know, that yeah. whole thing kind of lifts up. So. But I'm not. I'm not singing. Shout so out Whitney Houston. Exactly. I don't really need a gate um, for for vocal recording. Although, I probably could use it if I started to have anybody start spitting bars or something that required it. I could yeah. always. Use it I guess you know. You know what it is, Nasslin, is if you're in a multi mic situation. So when I have guests here sitting around the studio, uh, that's when you need it because if the guest across is talking, your mic you can have a gate on just your mic and your guest. And it'll play, it'll kind of chop out that air of me breathing or me mumbling or coughing or, you know. So that's the only time. That's the only time that's okay. beneficial. So, so when you're doing like a multi-mic thing, you'd want to have the gate working. And again, typically it's just me, right? Because I do everything remote. I don't really have to be anywhere. I can just, if I got an internet connection, I can do the show, right? Um, but my my thing for myself, I don't need it because... I've got my my vocals. I mean, you hear it on your side. Yeah, it's, no, no. Hey, listen, not to cut you off. I'm gonna cut you off because that's what that's my specialty is cutting people off. But <laughs> one of the things I noticed about your show was how amazing your voice was, and I, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the great jocks from back in the '60s, '70s, oh, '80s, and '90s that would come on and be like, "You're listening to the real Nasland," you know. And you had this energy, and I was like, "Yo." Oh, this motherfucker yeah. right here. <laughs> like, uh, some of the super old Very shit. radio, bro. Very radio-ish because um it was about it I was like, here, let me tell you, let me tell you this story. This is a good <laughs> So think back um 
it's 2012. I'm starting out. I'm doing a podcast about iPhone rumors. I met this guy who was already doing it for a long time, right? This kid is, well, he's an older man, but I'm, I'm still pretty young at that point. 2012, I'm still pretty young. So, you know, I'm talking to this guy and I'm asking him about, you know, like, what, what do I need to make this sound better? How do I do this? And he's like, what are you using? And I'm telling him and he's like, you got a Mac. Oh, it's going to be easy here. Do this, 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 and this. And after that day, vocals was like my thing. I'm like, fuck, now that I know how to do this shit, I can record. And I kept pushing myself until I finally got it to where it really sounds polished, right? Like it's really sounds complete. You know, when you hear it, um, I really get that vibe. Now, obviously, if I had a better acoustics than what I'm in now, like if I had all the matting up, you know, and I had the the sound editing, um, I could take out a lot of the reverb that's still in this room. And then I would sound probably even better. But that's expensive and I'm not there yet. And yeah, yeah. I'll uh, tell you what, it's not bad. Worth it, it's you know? not bad, man. I've been listening to the shows and you know, kind of if you're, I don't know if you're recording them in the same spot, but it's not, it's yeah. not bad to, you have the right amount of room reverb, you know? Yeah. And, um, I also go in and, um, I EQ out a lot of that, that stuff too, you know? And, um, the limiter helps me with that because there are certain octaves that that sound makes that it won't pick up, which is mostly why I do it. And, People think I'm weird that I spend this much time to make a, a voice sound a certain way. And I'm like, yeah, you hear it, though? Do you hear it? And then they start to understand why I do it. But, I mean, I mean, that's the magic, right? The magic is when they don't notice and they just go, what? It sounds fine. You know, you know, you put hours of work in and they're like, what? You know, I, I have to do it, too. You kind of almost have to manually normalize certain sections you know bring up a vocal here bring it down here if someone like me i'm a loud mouth i i, t I ramble on and on and on then i get real loud and you know my yeah. stuff will blow but out the the limiter you know that, that's the whole personality you're given the <laughs> give them like you know everything that they want to hear that's why they tune in to listen right <laughs> I, I hope you know i hope and pray they do I, I sometimes i feel like i'm driving them crazy that's one of the things i was thinking man earlier when you invited me on i was like man you know You've been doing it such a long time, you know, and I've I, I have my little route coming into the game, you know, uh, like I mentioned, the pirate radio and the recording studios and, you know, being an artist and all that. Uh, and I also did a podcast called the Cat Control Radio, where it was half hip hop, half heavy metal. And we nice. did we did like an odd couple thing, you know, where it was like, hey, look, you're so sideways from me. Let's get together, because every time I get with you, I learned some shit about heavy metal that I didn't know before. You know, and every time I get with you, I'm schooling you on this hip hop. So yeah. let's let's do this weird podcast where people are forced to listen to both, you know, yeah. and I got we got a lot of like love for doing that. You know, a lot of rap rock groups would come. A lot of groups that just had, you know, amazing. We, we got a lot of love for doing that. But I thought of you because I'm like, man, you know, you've been doing it. I could have swore I heard you on the show say you were doing it like 12 years. Is that right? 15 years? Well, 12. So it's okay. uh, one. So that'd be uh 12, so 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 10 years. Wow. Okay. There you go. So that's a decade at it. Yeah. You know what they say is you have to put 10 years in to be successful at anything, right? So you're at the point now where you're about to blow. You know? I mean, so, I mean, I've got like no bullshit. Um, I have a crowd. It's about 600 plus every time. 
Uh, I don't know why the fuck they listen. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Shout out to the 600. I like this shit so much, man. Thank you. Though. I just we I love it, those motherfuckers. You know, that's why. You know, and 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 uh, it's it's that's what it's been like, right? Like just me. Um, you know, this whole journey getting to this point where I'm I'm able to tell anybody I can get any audio you want. I can send it to you. You can send me audio. I can play audio in any format. And that took me the longest, I think, out of the whole like journey from where I started because to get back on my story. So basically, um, I was, all right, so it was about iPhone rumors and I had a bunch of little zingers at the beginning and the little radio thing. You're tuned in to awesome radio, right? All this shit. And um, like that right there, I, it's funny because um, the re- how I got it to all work was one day I went on this like free website that had a bunch of like free loops, right? But like you had to give them like all of your stuff plus your firstborn to get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck it. I don't care at this point. Like, I don't care. It's all fake news anyway. So let's move on. And I got there and I started getting the loops and I'm like, Ooh, I'm taking that one, taking that one. And then I'm just like, bro, I must have downloaded like 100 different things. And then after like getting all these loops and getting all this shit, I found the ones I finally wanted and I created that intro. And then there was this like a vocal changer for your voice to make you sound like that robotic kind of er sound. Right. So I was like, fuck, I need that shit. So I put it on and it worked. And I'm like, oh, my God, shit worked. And I was like, he's like listening to oh, I know some radio and it fucking plays and it does this thing and there's this little rumble and I'm like, oh my God, fucking yeah, cool. Yeah. And I got it to work and it was cool for a lot of years. And then um, I had it all on an external hard drive. That hard drive died. I couldn't recoup it. I took it to this computer guy. He found about half of what was on the drive. The other half was just dead. So the OG, OG, original, original uh, recordings of mine uh, before I even had them, because uh, I used to use this thing. What was it called back then? Uh, fuck. It was like like simple simple cast or some weird shit like that. And and basically it allowed it allowed you to go live. You paid like I think it was eight bucks a month, right? And you went live on this, and people could hear audio. And if you had the video set up, obviously, you know, you could do the video setup. But um, I only had audio, so I was like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm streaming this audio. And then one day, uh, my buddy Mitchell comes over. Mitchell, shut out, bro. It's my dog, man. Um, So Mitchell, he's this, uh, he's a performer, man. Um, uh, R&B guy. Super fucking dope, right? So me and him started working together. I was producing tracks, um, mediocre ones to say the least, but they were my tracks and I love them and I don't care if anybody doesn't like it. <laughs> a face only a mother could love. Right. It's just, it's just for me, but they were pretty decent. So he started singing and he made a track. He, he took one of my, one of my, uh, you know, instrumentals and he laid it down at his house, put it all together, brought it in one day. And he's like, bro, were you playing my song on your show? And I was like, all right, but it has nothing to do with music, but okay, I'll do it, you know? <laughs> so um, this was, uh, I want to say, about two years after being, you know, just doing that technology shit. And it's like, 
I think early, early 2014 and I play the song and the song's like two minutes and change, I think almost three minutes. And when it was over, you know, um, I had this little thing where you could leave a comment and I could check it later. So the people that were in the chat, right, because they gave you everything, like you stream to their site and they had a chat and you just do your thing. So I'm in the chat and I'm looking through it all and then I'm seeing people saying, hey, who's that guy? Uh, who's that? Who's that dude that was singing? That's a cool song. You're going to play songs. And I had, a, I had an email at that time, a Gmail, obviously, because I couldn't afford my own email yet. And, um, you know, I get an email from this dude and he's like, he's like, bro, you should play music, man. I love that shit. And I was like, fuck, OK. <laughs> so shortly after that, right, I go to do my next show and. Um, before I even go live, it's like maybe I want to say four hours before it, I get it, uh, a, a hit up on Twitter and it's this group that's out of Wisconsin. And, um, they're like, Hey, we want to come on your show. They're called the Wisco boys. Look them up. They're still around. Fucking dope as fuck. Wisconsin. Never thought the Wisco, boys. From <laughs> but they're called the Wisco boys. And these dudes I mean, really could spit bars. It was Midwestern as fuck. It was like listening to Kanye in his like infancy. And um, they're like, hey man, do, do, do you do interviews? And I'm like, uh, hmm. I mean, yeah, but is it about technology? And the guy's like, oh, like it isn't music? And apparently he listened to the show and thought it was about music. Wow. So I was like, so Make it happen. So back then um and then you were blessed with your gift <laughs> right so i interviewed these guys and from that day forward right it was um march uh 23rd from march 23rd 2014 on i Noslin radio was a hip-hop podcast and it grew into what it is now after all these years of me struggling with understanding how audio works struggling with um you know, how to use the programs and make them all sync up and get to where I'm at now. Right. I mean, that's great. You know, you gave earlier, you gave a great tip. You said, spare no expense on your equipment. You know, you, you did, that wasn't, those weren't your words exactly, but you said buy the most expensive microphone you can, you know? And that's one of those things where a lot of people cut corners. I was having this conversation with someone, I won't say his name, but it was like, you know, I, I explained a piece of equipment and they were like, what do you, what's the point? And what do you mean? You know? And I was like, you don't understand. There's a reason you see Amy Winehouse recording with this, you know, Whitney Houston, you know, your favorite rappers, even, you know, the ones that when you really hear their album, you're like, what makes that album different? Why, why do the vocals stand out so much on a Nas record? Yeah. Nas being the number one hip hop artist of all time. He's the number one selling rapper of all time. He sold the most, more than I believe he beat Elvis's record for sales. If I'm not, if I'm mistaken yeah, about that shit the other day on Insta, you know what I mean? Wow, bro. So when you look at the 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 mics they're recording on, they're recording on Neumann microphones into these impressive compression and vocal chains, you know, with gates, limiters, and whatnot. So, so that's why I was curious because you know you mentioned the Shure microphone earlier that you that you're working with, and I told you that one's a very forgiving microphone. It it does its job so damn well, you know? So I was curious because it sounds like you run everything straight in and then you dump it down digital and from there you do your audio processing, you know? So there's no, like me, I have a vocal chain back here. 
I got compressors, gates, limiters, you know. So usually I run my shit through there. Right now I'm just running it through a compression chain and I've got a light little EQ on it, you know. Yeah. And I'm yeah. keeping it simple on this side of the room. But you know, that's just one of those but, things that I, I always look get at curious about. This uh this great mixer in front of you, right? That you can pretty much figure out where you want your audio to go, how loud it could be, right? You could turn yourself down and turn up the music. You could individually track out whatever you want, right? And those kind of things is like what I try and tell people. Like if you really want to record good product, you have to invest in what it is, right? You have to believe that because you spent this money, it's going to sound better. It does sound better. Is your show going to be good? I can't guarantee that. Right. But can I tell you that you're going to sound fucking amazing? Hell yeah. You know, I could go in there and tweet that shit and like show you like, here, bro, this is the level. Yeah, yeah. I know because of all the years of me like bashing my head into all the equipment until I finally learned it, you know. Um, I could tell, bro, your stuff sounds really top, you know, when I and it's your approach too. a part of it is you. You have a flow. You guide your guests through. You're like a Sherpa taking somebody to the top of the mountain. You know, all right, guys, we got to make that like, left like, up here. Yeah, I'm like their fucking uh, their travel guide. I'm just like <laughs> taking them through the mountains. And over here, you're going to see this amazing uh, balancing rock. Noslin, Noslin Bourdain. Exactly. We're going to stop over here and get some fuck. <laughs> exactly, bro. You know what? I would love to go do that. Uh, I'll drink fuck any night. Been, been dreaming about some lately. You it's know? fire, bro. Mm. There's, there's a spot here in Tampa. It's called uh, Tin On. Mm. Uh, and these dudes, oof. Boy, every time I go there, it's... Yeah. Fire, bro. I get, I, I get, I get the the fa tie, which is basically the the shaved uh, thin beef and in, in the broth, and then mm. give you the the mint, the freaking uh, uh, what the fuck is that shit called? Um, the little the little the bean sprout. Fuck the little oh, white. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, all that. Shit. Uh, I want to say Brussels sprouts for some reason. No, nah, it's a bean sprout. It's not. Like, it's not. Like, yeah. White looking. They're uh, thicker and bigger, yeah. They're a little bigger. Bean sprout. That's what. That's what she told me. I'm sticking. I with think it. it is a bean sprout. You're right. Yeah. So <laughs> the uh, um, the other part is um, you know, all those other leaves and shit. I don't know what the fuck they are, but you put them in that soup, and it's like heaven, bro. You know, oh, amazing, dude. I love that shit, bro. And I recently found this. You know, I've always had like soups and oh, you know, Asian food all my life, but the whole experience of sitting down, turning on a hot pot. Dumping your, you know, the, the in the order you want it to go in, putting the spice in, you know. Oh man, love it, man. It's good shit. I mean, if you can make one at home, it it, it takes a long time, like two days to make it. But um, if you, if you do it right, man, the soup is. They just... put that uh bok choy in there and a few other things, you know. Oh man, stop. I mean, yeah, it depends on where you go too. Like, I think every <laughs> Vietnamese uh like restaurant does has their own little, you know, little twist, but yeah. The main key ingredients like the ginger, um, you know, uh, the mint and all those other flavors that you get from, you know, the soup is just amazing, dude. I don't even know. Look at this, man. We're talking about food. <laughs> oh, you got Orlando Cats, if you're in Tampa, just know. Yeah, right. Hey, I, hey, I need to know. It's two. It's a two-hour drive to Good Eats, man. You can't beat that, you know? You Bro, can't beat that. We used to go to Orlando for this, like, little steak spot off of uh, uh, right on International there. I don't, uh, I, I took, well, my now ex, sorry, but when me and her were together, 
we would fucking ride all the way out to fucking Orlando to this fucking steak spot just to fucking eat the steak there because it was so good. Mm. No? And yeah, little- I drive. I think I know the spot you're talking about. I can't think of the name, bro, but they got either right now. I just know it's on international. Yes. And yes. Just- and matter of fact, Oof. it was a it was across the street Oof. from that water park that used to be there. Remember? Bro, they got the bomb ass steaks there, bro. You got to stop right now. (laughs) So good, bro. So good. But all right. What the hell's the name of that spot, man? I can't even remember right now. Ah, so good, bro. I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. They're legendary. Are they still there? Yo. They might be. I mean, this was years ago when I went, but just think we used to drive out there, bro. Because, like, my girl was like, babe, let's go do steaks, but I want the Orlando ones. And I'm like, fuck. Damn it. I got to drive. So it would cost me, you know, it would cost me like the gas to get out there, plus the meal, you know, and dessert and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, damn, bro. You made me, oof, man. You know, you, you take them somewhere else, you know. Although she's been there before and it the wasn't. fun spot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but shit. Um, fuck, man. Before we, before we like even complete the show tonight, dude, I got one last song I want to play for everybody. Okay, okay. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. DJ Noslin. I know, bro. I should have did that shit, too. Uh, This one's from uh, somebody that I talked about earlier, too. His name is Asaru, um, local dude here in Tampa. Another transplant from up north. Uh, Shout out to the New York heads uh, for making always dope MCs. Uh, But this gentleman's name is Asaru. uh, This is off his uh, latest release, All Praises Due, the title track. All Praises Due off that album. Here we go. Asaru and All Praises due. A Back to the top floor. I catch the rock ball, surging back when it pop off. You off your high chair, getting rocked and then dropped off. Right. Need a boy, red man, I'm funked out if I die, boy. Oh, that's yeah. great. Type leaving you locked up. You know them rap lines we get together and march for. Yeah. If I keep my ground well, yeah. why should it stop yours? Ain't close to my prime yet, but still take Autobot form. Somebody feel praying for you during these times. I told y'all at 17, it's time to bury the swine. But hey, what can I say? Cause the truth is gone hurt. They profit off black death. Yeah, COVID is covert. To build their empires, they plow with your own turf. I'm known as the star seed, empowered through soul search. Show love. What you mean? You know what we all came to do? Uh-huh. Glory to the most high, all praise is dope. Hell yeah, heard they calling them to come back. Baby face, rock and Tommy here, rock rack. I love this song because he fucking hits references from like when I was a JIT. The, the Transformers one, he uses Red Man. He hits him with the Rugrats, the show The Rugrats, you know what I'm saying? Turn the just that just that beat alone is hitting you with a throwback that whole what is that the arrest of president break come on man stop and then uh you know he has uh oh man uh who am i thinking of there's a play give me a little more give me a little more here, here, here. Let's listen to this part. Never knowing if it's anger, resentment, or hatred. Maybe it's all of them, and alien channel and spaceships. How I'm supposed to live with be a voice with these millions of faces? Tell me that. I'm just reading them off. Here's a trauma that somehow I would keep in the dark. I felt the presence of someone hitting deep in the fog. Come to find out the only thing that I needed was God. Oh, 
Hell yeah. Yeah, okay. Yo, you re- do you remember Funk Dubious? Yeah. So he kind of, you know, like his voice is in that sort of pocket where he could be doing some like, if he put a little more comedy in, mixed in with that, because he does some, it sounds like he's doing some real shit. Like that track has some realness to it. You know, so uh, if we're going to talk about the funk dubious, <laughs> he sounds like the lead singer. Um, what the fuck was the was the, was the name? Sun dubious, right? It was Sun Sun Doobie. Yeah, Sun Doobie, that kid right there. Like you heard him rap and you knew he was from L.A., but he had that flow. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, this, bro. This and, he, you know, flavor. And this dude has that like that kind of. A style where he uh, 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 like changes the octave in his voice a few times to uh, set a point, right, or explain exactly uh, what he wanted to say, right. So, like, you know, when he was talking about like something religious, right, he didn't make it so like religiousy. He he's like, I seen the ops in the fog, but really all I needed was God. You know what I'm saying? Like he's. He's talking about the streets, but comparing it I to religion. I can tell, bro. There's some real shit going on there with this guy, bro. Yeah. Sick shit like that. But he's got... Oh, I got one more. Hold on. I got one more. This one, <laughs> I'm going to play it. It's called uh, a Dreiser Loop. If you're from New York... Okay. And you know the area. You okay. know where Dreiser Loop is, okay? So this is for all my New York heads. New that, York uh, City. And uh, this one's called Dreiser Loop, and it's from Asaru as well. And... uh. Frankie, you're gonna when when I play this song and you hear the sample, you'll understand exactly why I love it so much. Okay, check all this right, out. All right, I'm willing, I'm willing. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. New York City. So I want to jump in here and talk about this song because I said earlier we needed to talk about music and this is the real chance here. So there's a lot going on in this song that people are not realizing. First one is the sample that you're hearing is fucking Raekwon, okay? And if you listen to a specific song that he has, let's start it like this son and that son. Pulling out gats for fun is the actual line. Uh, and it was off the Wu-Tang album, the original one, 36 Chambers, if you guys were wondering. But what he did was he took the sample, or the dude that actually produced this song. Um, I remember trying to get, because I'm a nerd, and I was trying to figure out, like, yo, who who, who produced this shit? And I was trying to ask Usaru, he was, I, I seen him at a show, and he was there, and I'm like, yo, you got to tell me about this shit. And he's like, bro, um, 
he's like, yeah, 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 man, that was my guy, this, this, and that, and uh, it was it was trippy, man, because we made it work. He's like, we made it work because we actually took the original song and we took it to this engineer guy, and he like cut out a bunch of the sounds and only left those little like that little like rolling bell sound and uh, the let's start it with this one and that one. You know what I'm saying? Like that little clip. Filtered it. They made out. it. And then he put his own beat. Obviously, this isn't the original beat, clearly. But the fact that they made it match up to a different beat and made it sound this good is why I say hip-hop isn't dead. It's just young again. And it's like figuring new shit out, right? Because the hip-hop that we grew up on, right? The golden era hip-hop, you know, 90s, 2000s, right? Early 2000s, because mid-2000s wasn't really... It was okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on the. Yeah, 20- yeah, I agree with I'm gonna you. Hate on the 2010s, but anything prior to that, right? And then 90s to like 2000. I want to say 2005 to like from like 90 1990 to 2005 is what I call the golden era of hip hop. Right, the individuality of who you were. Right, you know, because you had to be different. Because there was so many MCs, but you had to make yourself be individual, which is why when you brought up that part about how, um, you know, DOS effects was their own skit, it's because they had to make themselves sound that much different than everyone else around them. I mean, Diff Squad was yeah, big yeah. crew. You know, we had, they had Keith Murray, they had EPMD. Okay. Uh, they had K solo. These are hard hitting MCs. You had to make yourself stand out from this group of people. And they had hard-hitting producers in the crew, oh, too. Eric Sermon. Oof, yeah. Eric Sermon, one of the best to do it. Okay? Right? So, and then think about that. Mixed in with all them dudes, Premier, you know? Oh, that influence around them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? All these dudes, they had, they were listening to Guru. Imagine, imagine growing up and Guru's, like, who you're growing up with and you're an MC and you're trying to, like, get to that level you know oh yeah yeah i was there man i was there for yeah. a lot of that bro and that was a that was a very yeah. high bar the bar was set high you know shit bro it I don't, really was that's Yo, why what I, was your what was your boy's name you said a siru right what was it saru a saru okay you know one thing i would say is this right because you're telling me he's pulling samples from raekwon and from like you know the older era and i hear that in the music you know and here's the one critique i'll give Cause I love that dude's voice. His voice is fucking phenomenal, right? But if I'm listening to the mix on the bass line, he needs to work on smoothing out his bass lines a little bit. Cause I could hear that they're really sampling. That they're actually sampling. And what happens is, you know, when you get that, you get like a crunch when you sample, where everything kind of just, you know. So I, that's what I'm hearing there, and that reminds me of '90s shit. So I don't know if that's on purpose. Because they're trying to make it sound like boutique music. You know, they're probably using, or uh, I'm sure these guys, I haven't been in their studio, but I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that whatever they're using is probably some, some equipment from that era. Right, right, okay. okay. I that makes say, sense. I want to say older MPC, um, and, and this is my take from listening to it, because I can hear what you're saying. Um, I would say older, older series MPC, um, probably one of the first digital uh, converted ones. And one thing that I know about those older machines is that plug on the back of it that converts it from the analog to the digital wears out. Oh, and yeah. after a while, 
like you said, um, remember in the old Simpsons, they would they would lose that. Well, in the 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 newer digital ones, the the socket for the cable that would send the signal would wear out after time. You know, plugging it in, taking that it out. And the older shit wasn't good at doing bass, man. You know, like if you no. ever listen, listen to the way RZA says he goes, "I do my bass on Novation." So you you would see that. He has an MPC, a SP12, a Roland, and then he have a Novation base station. So that tells you something there. Most guys buy an MP, try to do everything on the MP. I did it. I'm guilty. I sat there and tried to do my bass lines on it and crunch all the samples in. And you got all this like 16-bit crunch just coming out of one cable coming out the back like you were talking. It's not, you know, it's not going to have that sonic smoothness that it needs, you know. I would personally take the bass on that track filter it and then go in and take that out and resample it and turn it into a smoother baseline put that shit back in and that shit will just be like oh you know if it, it'll play in the car and you'll be like oh god damn you know sorry your way i'm gonna be like yo sorry yeah. <laughs> yo i like him bro i like him that dude's voice is special Sick. that dude's voice is fucking special bro when he speaks you're like oh let me hold up what huh? oh yeah Huh? You know, you listen, you get off your chair and you're like, oh, I got to listen. There's a fucking guy saying some shit, you know? Hell yeah. That so, was fire, um, bro. Bro, he really is. Um, Well, shit, man, before I, before I lose my train of thought here, um, let's get to the end of the show here, ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 it's, it's super late night tonight. For all the heads that showed up tonight, thank you. You're fucking amazing. I can't believe it. Um, I'm going to end the show with one last track. Uh, this one is going out to the homie Am I Am. Oof. Because I need to make sure I show this man some love and give him his flowers. I'm going to put some of his... Uh, this one's off of the Combine album, the Combine. Uh, this song is called Listen Up. And this is a local cat, Am I Am, right out of Orlando. I've actually met this kid in person, got to talk to him, got to see him B-boy. Because uh, I did catch your uh, your guys' uh, interview. don't think I didn't watch that shit. <laughs> so... Uh, um, I got to catch it, and you were talking about how him being a b-boy. He actually did it at the show that he did in Tampa at Shuffle, matter of fact. Oh man, great show! I'll tell, tell you that story. Uh, but we're gonna get into this track right here. This is gonna end the show. Um, for everybody uh, that tuned in, you know where to check us out on Twitter at the Real Noslin, on Instagram at the Real Noslin. You want to check the show out? It's Zero Seat Media on Instagram, and of course, if you go over to Insta, uh, to Twitter, sorry, it's uh, Core Culture Pod, P-O-D. And uh, you can definitely find me there. Frankie, where can they find you, bro? My brother, my brother, Nasan, thank you so much, man. They can find me at Frankie Hovers everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, all the places. Uh, we also go by the Flying Junkies. Big shout out to my drone crew, uh, the original Flying Junkies family. You can check us out at Facebook.com slash Flying Junkies. Um, and big shout out to the Core Culture Podcast, man. This has been fucking amazing, dog. I can't wait to do it again, bro. We rumble in the jungle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like-minded bro. spirits, man. Great energy tonight, brother. Thank you, yeah, man. Thank you, thank you for coming on. Um, it's definitely been a pleasure. Uh, I'm gonna play this last track, and then uh, we'll say our goodbyes. So let's get into it. Here we go. All this righty. one's up. Am I am off the Combine album? Go get that shit right now. Shout out Am I Am Am I Am baby You're listening to the Core Culture Podcast 
What up, Tim? It's been long awaited. May I have your attention, please? Welcome y'all to my seminar, get involved. I control the mic, temp on the MPC. Now we gon' touch upon what's going wrong, I'm telling y'all. See, I've been, been advised to revise your plans. Like as long as songs got lyrics, then you got no chance. Most of y'all ain't voted all, like, look, mine, no hands. Only using thoughts to do it, so you put no thought into it. I don't know why you ought to do it. How you got those fans? Only with a skinny pants, saying macho dance. Quick as the Camacho hands. Transition, hand the pass to the pages as fast as ants. Spitting, stop deceiving. I know you're receiving transmission. Disregard, I got more hard bars and sand quitting. Add rhythm, picking vivid lyrics, but you hear it timid. Living it like if you need to have permission. Looking for money, be funny. Think that my hand is itching. There's no question that this game has got the answer missing. If hip hop was dead in your head, then it has risen. Take a stand to the man, head the man you listen. Listen up. All right, so I'm going to leave you guys with that. Remember, Every first and third Sunday of the month, we go live for the Core Culture Podcast. I will always be there for you guys like you've been there for me. So just know we're going to end the show with this. Thank you to everybody who tuned in, man. Love all of you guys. Take it easy. Peace. Peace. And done. All right. So uh, I didn't really get everything recorded that me and you had hopefully you did on your end i think i got it i think i got it i'm gonna tell you right now let me kill this real quick because we talked